Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. Carrying it out. Deep ball. Separation. Crop. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Bell breaks a tackle. Bell trying to go all the way. Looking downfield, fires this one and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. Welcome to Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet. One. And last week, the Jets signed former five-time Pro Bowl center Ryan Khalil, who had previously spent his entire career with the Carolina Panthers. They talked him out of retirement, so it's fair to wonder what Khalil might have left in the tank. We're going to get a full 2018 film review from Joe Blewett as soon as he's done looking at Khalil's film. But in the meantime, I wanted to talk to somebody who watched every single snap that Khalil played, as it was going on, because he spent a long time covering the Carolina Panthers. He's the co-host of the C3 Panthers podcast, which I appeared on draft night. We all had a good laugh at the Giants picking Daniel Jones. You should check out that clip if you haven't seen it, because we were all having a lot of fun. Obviously, Panthers fans are not all that fond of Dave Gettleman because of what he did to the Panthers. So that was a fun time, and I'm glad that now he can come on this podcast. Tony Dunn. Tony, thanks so much for coming on, man. Man, I'm excited to be here, Scott. I always have a blast hanging out with you. Yeah, for sure. And we have an occasion to talk about something Panthers-related this time. And that, of course, is Ryan Khalil, who in a lot of ways was the Nick Mangold of the Panthers in that he was their long-term stud at the center position, the way the Jets had Mangold. Now, I would say that Mangold was a better player than Ryan Khalil, but still, same general principle. So talk to me a little bit about Ryan Khalil and what you observed about him over the years in Carolina before we start to get into the last couple of years. What was he like overall? his style of play what was he like as a person did his teammates really respect him so on and so forth yeah uh, one thing is ryan khalil is a fun personality he you know he'll like show up on national media and do interviews like in a bear costume or (laughs) he has these kind of you know he's he's I, i guess the quintessential offensive lineman you know which is the smart quirky giant guy um, but really, Ryan Khalil's value to the Carolina Panthers is is one of those that most other people outside the league probably wouldn't understand, and that is he's just been a fixture of that line and a leader you know, of the offensive line for so long. He was a multi a multi multiple Pro Bowler. He's been a great player, you know, twelve years in, and then he you know had an injury two years ago, and you could tell it was just. He, Harder and harder, probably to rehab. Harder and harder to go to camp, 
and, and so he had you know planned to retire and, and then you guys were able to back up the Brinks truck for him and he, he couldn't uh, pass it down turn it away but yeah man the, look the players love him and what you're getting the value for Ryan Khalil is experience and a guy who is able to really uh, understand the game and that's where really everybody has always said Khalil's value has been is from the neck up you were there to watch what he did for Cam Newton and help him come along. Do you think he can do the same thing for Sam Darnold? You know, I w- yes. I mean, I think, it, look, is that he's going to help that offensive line develop some continuity, I would expect. He's he's seen everything possible, and I think that is a, the giant value you're going to get from Ryan Khalil is that he is going to help maybe take some of the pressure off of a Sam Darnold to make a, every adjustment to understand every single thing that's going on. So maybe Darnold can just be a little bit more uh, in control of what, you know, he has to, uh, you know, the looks maybe for the defense instead of checks at the offensive line. And I don't know how much the quarterback is generally involved in that, but I think having a guy that can point out some of these things to you, coach you along. And one of the great things about Ryan Khalil is that he usually has, he's always had Cam Newton's back. Like he has always been a giant Cam Newton supporter, um, and and that's a that's a big deal for uh, for a young quarterback is to have the guys in front of you knowing that they believe in you. I I think that's important. So hopefully he can kind of just at least bring some of that. Uh, to the Jets' offensive line. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Tony, I know a couple of years ago, Khalil had an injury, and that was where the slide started. Talk to me a little bit about that. I told you that his value was from the neck up. <laughs> 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 it turns out, it seems like, no, right? It's a, it's a strange injury, right? Is that um, about midway, maybe it was a, uh, I think it was midway through the 2017 season, uh, Khalil showed up on the injury report missing practice. You know, I guess they're, you know, usually take Mondays off, get back to work on Tuesdays. And he had been out. It just said, you know, out with a neck injury. And then, you know, a couple of days go by, still not practicing. So concerns come about about him being able to play on Sunday. And they just said that the team's message was he just slept on it wrong. And, and look, this happens to people. You know, you 
kink your neck and it sticks with you for five, six, seven days. The the thing with the Khalil injury that was so strange is that it was like six weeks, and we were like, "Where is the where is the muscle relaxers? Where is you can't hire a masseuse to work this kink out? What is going on here?" <laughs> and then the perpetual joke on the C three Panthers podcast was, "Is Khalil got this injury in an adult theater?" <laughs> and he and that was really the news behind the injury. And that the, that nobody could, uh, you know, reveal that. <laughs> but you know, is look, is he struggled with that? He came back in tw- in 2017. He, so he had this neck injury, this bizarre neck injury that seems like he didn't do anything to make it major. That was the weird thing. You know, what I mean, if you get hurt in, the, in a game or something, we all understand it. A pull, a tear, a strain, but they never really even identified anything. So. Maybe they were just keeping it under wraps. But after 2017, you so we're really concerned about his longevity because he had been, you know, starting to get older, a little longer in the tooth, and you he was getting more nicked up. You know, one of the things was he played every week for 10 years straight, and that was a, a big deal. And so, you know, the last couple of years, you started to deal more and more with the injuries. You start to see slight deterioration in the play. And, you know, we were really concerned in 2018 because our problem was, you know, look, is that Ryan Khalil's given us a lot, but we don't have guys behind him that can take over such an important role um, consistently. So we were concerned in 2018, but he pulled out a full season in 2018, and and that was a big deal for us. So uh, it's kind of strange for me, Scott, to assess how good he is at this point because for us, our measurement of him being good or bad was really – like if he's on the field, he's better than our other options. So it's kind of hard for me to gauge like how you know just how good his play is right now because we we're giving him a lot of grace just every time we saw him on the field. Sounds like what he'll probably deal with with the Jets because the last two years they had such horrendous center play between Wesley Johnson and Spencer Long that a guy who just goes out there and doesn't mess things up would be a pretty low bar to cross if we're being honest here. So it's really not that big of a difference. It sounds like from that and the Panthers, but what was his 2018 season like overall? I know you said that the bar was pretty low, but was he at least decent? Yeah. I mean, that's what I would put him at is average at this point is like I said, we, everybody first, he's one of those players that is beloved by Carolina Panther fans and we're we're a very forgiving and nice fan base in comparison to maybe uh some of you you know the Yankees up north how you guys give your guys players a hard time we're you know you got that southern courtesy down here where everybody is just seemingly nice most of the time so look he and and especially when you kind of get into one of those positions where you are like a fan favorite and you're beloved Ryan Khalil was that he's like the offensive lineman version of Thomas Davis in that case, or Greg Olson. These are guys that can really do no wrong among the fan base, but you did see, look, is it, you hear Panther fans now talking about how he didn't play all that well last year. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to see, you know, is that it's, is that we don't know if it's Khalil playing bad that why a guard gets beat. You know, so he's sitting there. He looks like he's he's not, he's not getting bowled over or knocked down or something, but somebody got past and you don't know if, he, if somebody didn't slide over or pick up or what what went on there. But for me, is this is Khalil 
it, you're never going to see him like ultimately out of position, not knowing what's going on. I think he's going to really be able to help communication and 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 generally, I think his play will be determined by the guys who are around him. Is that if he got if he has guys that are physically athletic and strong besides him, I think he's going to be able to use technique and and you know his his intellect uh, to to do well. Where he is, I see things that are becoming, I guess, troublesome is when he goes up against the nose um, that's strong. And in his older age is that he's just – there's more and more potential for him to get pushed backwards. And, you know, even if he doesn't – a lot of times he's not even getting beat, but all of a sudden you're – you know, the the defensive tackle's in your lap and at your feet. So, to me, that's where I would be looking to see how he plays is, like, how – when he's on the field, what are the guys beside him doing, and how does he deal with more, you know, just – Big, manly, strong man up the middle. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. What about its athleticism? Did that take a bit of a dip too? How do, how do you judge that with a center position? You it's a know, fair question. My, you know, is that, that, that would be my thing is that, and, and that might be me trying to talk about strength a little bit too, is I don't know how to phrase it sometimes. It's just, you felt like you never saw guys coming up the middle and occasionally I just felt like I never saw Khalil looking backwards uh, in the past and there would be defensive linemen behind him. But there were occasions where you just see him and he looks like he's trying to block and he thinks everything's okay and there's two defensive linemen behind him already. And I don't know if they slip past the guard or what's going on. So I think that... Yeah, is and and if there are concerns, look, he's had some issues with the shoulder two, a couple of years ago. Then he had the neck thing. Is I would think about how quick he comes off the snap to the block. I would be, I guess, watching that, and I, and that might be where the strength part comes in. You know, is that I call it strength, him getting pushed back, but it could just be speed that transitions into power that is starting to deteriorate. So, look, is that are you going to get a top five center right now? I don't think so. But I don't think you're going to get a, a complete liability if he is healthy. And you think that his headiness will help the rest of the offensive line organize and will help Sam Darnold start to understand protections and being able to call them out and such? Well, he has been – that was his – that's where he helped so much with Cam and our run game and our pass protections is that that was his, his, his value. And then you get this is that we had a couple uh, – a few years ago we had um, – hold on uh, – Andrew Norwell who signed a giant deal as a guard with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We had Trey Turner. And when you put Andrew Norwell who was, um, you know, kind of a budding Pro Bowl – left guard and then you have a pro bowl right guard and trey turner and you had a healthy ryan khalil 
those dudes were unstoppable. You never had any problems up the middle. It was always on the outside. So, yeah, is that if you need a guy who is a veteran, who knows situational football, who knows how to see what's going down, what defenses are doing, he's got all of that. I think the only question is this, is that he's just starting to get long in the tooth. And he's a great teammate. He's a great supporter. So if he can stay healthy and he can play, just give you like a really average season athletically, I think you will be happy with that part of his game. Tony, coachability is always something people worry about with players. Unless, of course, you're playing fantasy sports, then you don't have to worry about it because you're not actually on the sidelines with the player. You don't have to worry about attitude or anything like that. You just have to worry about straight-up performance. The regular season's right around the corner, and so if you're looking to do fantasy football and win a whole bunch of money, there is no better place to do it than at Draft.com. Why? Because you could win up to $3.5 million. Yep, $3.5 million. The best part is there's minimal time investment. It's season long, no management. You just set your lineup and it's all good to go. Your best players are automatically inserted into the lineup and you get the best score every week guaranteed. I've done this myself and it's super easy to use and navigate, which is one of the biggest reasons to sign up, along with, of course, the fact that there's minimal time investment. But if that isn't enough, check this out. For a limited time only, you can get free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code that I'm about to give you that's exclusive to this show. This promo code will give you a free shot at a million dollars. Here it is. Play like. That's right. Play like all one word. You use that promo code at draft.com and you will be entered for a chance to win $1 million in the best ball championship when you make your first deposit on draft.com. Just search draft in the app store or go to draft.com, make your first deposit, and you'll be entered to win a million dollars for free with the promo code play like draft.com. It's easy. It's fun. And who would turn down a free chance at a million dollars? Well, maybe Ryan Khalil would, but he certainly wasn't going to turn down the $8.5 million that the Jets gave him. But even if the money helped motivate Khalil, if he comes in here and is all about the money and doesn't care to listen to anybody, that's something that could generate problems. Was that ever an issue in Carolina? Was Ryan Khalil ever a problem for the coaching staff? Uh, Ryan Khalil is easy with everybody to get along with is that he's a a, a fun guy um, that comes in and does his work and never gives any, any single problems. Um, I mean, look, there's, uh, there's countless stories of him joking around after Cam Newton's rookie season. This was the most fun thing, but every time anybody says we're going to win the Super Bowl, they don't. But Ryan Khalil after his Cam Newton's rookie season, where we went from a two, and 14 team to I think a four and 12 team and then you know that the quickly turning it to a six win win team the next year he took out a full page ad talking about we're going to the Super Bowl he's he's a he's a fun guy he's a good teammate that that won't ever be an issue when it comes to Ryan Khalil Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. In the offseason, the Panthers signed Matt Paradis, who's a guy that the Jets were very interested in as well. If Ryan Khalil was good enough to give them another starting season, would they have gone out and been so happy to sign another starting center? Were the Panthers looking to move on from him? Was he looking to move on and retire? What was the situation here? Was it just that they wanted an upgrade? Um, Good question. Tough one that's going to take a little speculation, but I think I got it. All right. And what I, what I think is this, is that Ryan Khalil intended to retire. And, and that is, look, is that the Panthers have, you've been, your better days are behind you at this time. You're getting on the back end of your career. We're starting to deal with injuries all the time. And we're not going to insult you by giving you a, you know, like trying to keep you around for one more year give you a little bit of money like let's all part ways you're on all or nothing you're crying you get the football retirement football at the end you're gonna go down as a panther legend and uh, and it was i think it was just to the point where it's time for us not to turn the page on ryan khalil necessarily but turn to the next phase of you know building that offensive line and some long-term consistency, it's always been problematic for Cam. So I think this was going to just be a mutual, a good story, a happy ending. Um, so then we go in Lamb Paradise, which is maybe at their at Ryan Khalil's best, this is a lateral move um, at the time. But, you know, it's an upgrade at that point. So for me, I think is that – Ryan Khalil is he needed a different team where he could sign a deal like this. You know, we couldn't give him this money in good faith and then have problems and then us go, oh, well, we, you know, it, it would have been too much like, you know, you know, like you're just rewarding people essentially based on your past relationship at this point. I think for me, what this signals is, is the fact that you're willing to pay Ryan Khalil this amount of money. Um, coming out of retirement, I, I think it's a signal of how poor or how bad the center position was probably with the Jets if you're going to do this because this is not a fix. This is a Band-Aid, a temporary solution because Ryan, you're not going to – at the end of this deal, you're not going to sign Ryan Khalil to two more years. Is it, and, and you certainly aren't going to do it for $8, $10, 13000000 million dollars we did pay Paradis. You know, we had to pay to get Paradis. This, you paid to get Ryan Khalil, but not as much as we did. Um, so I think that this is, uh, Ryan Khalil was probably going to be able to sit there and see if there is somebody that gets injured in camp or something like that, and somebody wants to back up the truck, then he could do it. But if this would have been a $4 million deal, Scott, I don't think he would. I think he's still on his couch. Yeah, no question that the money played a big part here, but it's also been said that he was a big fan of Sam Darnold, thinking that he's a young quarterback on the rise who went to his alma mater. Do you yep. think that that would be something that would play into his decision, just knowing the way that he was in Carolina? Does that sound like a situation he would be attracted to, money or not? 
I don't know. Is to me is I you know I didn't I hadn't thought about the fact that Sam Darnold was a USC guy. Um, I heard D'Angelo Williams, a jaded, a bitter, a former Panthers running back on the radio, talking about that beyond the money and just the contract that he's going to be attracted to the market and the endorsement deals. And I just, I find that kind of hard to believe at this point in his career. Um, you know, I think that they, from what I've heard, Scott, they've been in talk for like six or seven weeks. So uh, at, at making something like this happen. So this did not just happen in an instant. I think there took some coercing, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sam Darnold's people or Sam Darnold reached out to him. Like you said, if some of those ties might have made this, um, that might have sweetened the deal a little bit. Do you think that he's going to have a problem working with Adam Gase? I know that you said that he was fine in Carolina and the coaches and the players all loved him, but Adam Gase is a notoriously difficult personality, and you said that Khalil is somebody that likes to have a little bit of fun. Do you think there could be some friction there? I don't expect it. I think, I think when I, you know, Khalil has also been temperant, you know, he, he never was anything of a distraction. It was just like when he would come on these interviews, he would just do something quirky half the time. Uh, but you've seen less and less of that over the last couple of years, just because I think he's getting older and other guys are doing stuff. Um, not, I, I don't expect that you'll hear anything about Ryan Khalil. Uh, any issues other than if, if there's a problem with his health. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. He said that his value at this point is from the neck up. And so tutoring a younger offensive lineman could be something that falls within that purview, whether it's somebody like Chuma Adoga, who also went to his alma mater, USC. He's a tackle that they selected in the third round in the draft. Or perhaps Jonathan Harrison, who is the center, who is expected to be the starter and now is likely going to end up being the backup to Khalil. Do you think that Khalil can come in and in addition to helping to kind of set that offensive line and anchor it a little bit with his intelligence, can he mentor those guys? Do you think that he'll be able to help Jonathan Harrison and Chuma Doga perhaps improve? I'm not saying that he's going to be able to make them go from A to Z, but do you think that his tutelage is something that would be valuable to those guys? Is that the kind of thing that he did in Carolina? Oh, tough question. You know, I think the easy answer is to just say yes, is that we all want to believe that these guys take everybody under their wing and that they're all instructors, you know, like these coaches on the field, coaches in the meeting room. I don't really know, though. You know what I mean? In some cases, you know, we're just making a lot of, you know, we're speculating because we think – based on the personality we've seen that he's a friendly enough and confident enough guy that he would do things like that. Now, you know, in a place where you're going to come in for a year deal, uh, you don't think that this is going to be uh, a long-term, you know, that you're going to be a long-term fit here. I think that, Hey, why not? Right. Is that, I think that there's some of the less, you know, is that I don't have to only worry about me and my rehab, my whatever, my game, is that you could be uh, just more open to, to taking on those types of roles. Now, you know, look, is that there's no reason to believe, though, that he wouldn't do that and and that he couldn't. And one of the, I guess the, I, I guess it would be corollary evidence, and that is, um, you know, we've just had guys that are no-name people um, step in and do some things pretty well. 
Tyler Larson, Greg Van Roten are two names that nobody's ever heard of and you shouldn't have heard of, but they're backup guys. Really, probably, if I went and looked it up, I don't even know if they were drafted or undrafted at this point. But they have had to step in and do some of those things for the Carolina Panthers in the past. And it's hard for me to think that Ryan Khalil uh, wasn't helpful in that process given their success with their limited skill set. So I I would hope, and, and look, is that, and hopefully that there was some kind of indication and some talks of that when you're signing these deals is that that's part of the reason we're bringing here is we're going to need a veteran pres- presence. We're going to need leadership. Our our offense, uh, our head coach is 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 tough to work with at sometimes, and and maybe you can soften it for the guys that he's yelling at or whatever, whoever he's upset with. I don't know, but I, I yeah, is that if you better if he doesn't do that, then you're not getting your money's worth. The number one priority of the New York Jets, in addition to obviously trying to make the playoffs, is the development of Sam Darnold, the continued development, because he's going into his second year. As we said, Ryan Khalil helped Cam Newton's development significantly. In a theoretical conversation between Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, let's say Sam Darnold calls Cam Newton and says, Cam, Ryan Khalil's coming in. Tell me what I need to know. What's he going to help do for me? What do you think Cam Newton would say? Because we've talked about how he'll help Darnold on the periphery, but what do you think Cam Newton would say specifically about how Ryan Khalil helped him? Yeah, I would say I, w- I think he would just give him one word, and I think he would say, listen. You know, it was because Cam Newton was a player that came in. He's always been the best football player on the football field, no matter what level, right? And and what Cam Newton's Cam Newton's ceiling ceiling is there isn't one. Uh, the only thing that could get in the way of him is just not progressing through his career, and that is evolving. Get you know, learning the nuances of the game. What, you know, learning how to then take your physical skill set and that as it's starting to slow down, uh, continue to make the most of it. And look, is Ryan Khalil, like I said, they, him and Cam Newton have had a fantastic relationship. There's never been one ill word said between either one of these people. And, and that's a big deal because um, a lot of times, you know, when it comes down to uh, people and their perceptions of Cam, whether it be after the Super Bowl and the pouting or this and that, is that those are a lot of things that uh, fans grasp onto and the media grasp onto. But look, you never ever heard any of that from the offensive line from the teammates. And so I think that what he would do is, is that I think Cam appreciated what Khalil, working with a Khalil did for him given the fact that he had to work with his brother, who is awful, and Matt Khalil, who was our left tackle for two years, who was horrendous. I, I mean, like, we just have never had good offensive linemen, and and Ryan Khalil's been – we've just been so much better when he's there. So I think Cam Newton respects him, and I know he does, and I think that um, he's been – he was instrumental in Cam Newton's development as a quarterback – and I couldn't see um, – that's what I think you would say is listen and learn. I guess the best advice there would be don't bring in your brother. Just come in, don't, bring your not, intelligence. And not, no that. family members allowed. I wouldn't even <laughs> let him move his family up there. Be like, you can come to the games, and that's it. <laughs> Nobody else with the last name Khalil is allowed anywhere near Florham Park. His brother is the most well-paid 
piece of garbage in the NFL. He is awful. He was awful in Minnesota. We tried to say, oh, well, we've been terrible. Nothing can be worse than what we already had. Well, he just came in, was par for course awful. He then had injury after injury. He sucked this drive for $55 million, and like 30 of it was guaranteed. And this is the thing is left tackles, man, despite their health and their play, they are so uh, needed that, look, Eric Flowers is still getting chances in the league. You know, and he sh- if, if he would have played like cornerback, these guys would have been gone so much longer, so much earlier. So, yeah, is don't allow any. If you want your offensive line to improve, this is the only Khalil allowed in the state. Tony, last thing before we go, and it's a little off topic, but still it's something that I find amusing, and let's give Jets fans a little red meat here. Let's talk a little bit about Dave Gettleman and Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. Dave Gettleman was the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. He is now the general manager of the New York Giants. A lot of us are perplexed at the moves that he's been making, including Daniel Jones. Now, you live in Carolina, so you know all about the Duke quarterback, and obviously you know plenty about Dave Gettleman. So talk a little bit about why you dislike Dave Gettleman and why you think Daniel Jones was a silly pick at number six overall. All right, so one of the strange things about Dave Gettleman is is that when when we first got to meet Dave Gettleman, we really, really liked him. You know, is that he uh, came into a situation with the Carolina Panthers where the cap was a mess, and uh, he was able to come in and and really build some teams with very little resources that turned out to be far more competitive than we expected them to be. He you know helped us build the 2015 roster. Uh, that went to the Super Bowl. He had a knack for getting – this is Dave Gettleman's best thing. Dave Gettleman can get an old um, – a guy kind of like a Khalil, a guy who's on the back end of his career who people are starting to think is that it's on the de- – you know, that you're not going to get anything out of him. He can find those types of players and get one or two more years out of them for bargain basement. He would not have given Ryan Khalil $8 million. He would have offered Ryan Khalil the minimum probably. But uh, – <laughs> So, but here's the, the, what it turns out with Dave Gettleman is remarkably stubborn. That's what I, I, it seems like from the outside is that he is a guy that says, I know what's best and I don't care what you think. And then when my plan goes wrong, I just double down, triple down. I was never wrong. So I think as we saw in Dave Gettleman progress, he was terrible in the draft. That's what, that's what it came out is that he just, awful draft after awful draft and I thought that he tried to be too cute at times and I think that the Daniel Jones pick is part of this and that is I want to outsmart everybody and it's kind of you know I always say this I don't know if you guys play video games I used to play some when I was younger Mm -hmm. but like when I played like Call of Duty or something like this I would always play like sniper mode or the hardest mode and not really have a ton of success all the time, but I just wanted to be like, it was like the cool way to do it. You know, like I'm going to run in and do it the the hardest possible way. I think that Dave Gettleman kind of has a little bit of that in him. And that is, I want to show you guys that I'm smarter than all of you. Now, the Daniel Jones picks his, pick is like this. And I don't understand it though, because at some point you're, it's just kind of ludicrous is, he wasn't even that good in college. 
Now, I know there's stories of people. It, it's it's kind of reminiscent of the Blake Bortles pick to me a little bit. And Blake Bortles was, the problem with Blake Bortles was is that he looked good in a football uniform. He just didn't play football very well. Mm-hmm. So he had all the attributes and the tools and this. So Gettleman thinks he sees something, and obviously that is the Eli, the next Eli Manning. But look, Eli Manning won't even that good, folks. You know, even you know at the best of best, I I would be infuriated. I'm I'm tired of Dave Gettleman at this point. And look, at, at Scott, where when 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 did this happen? What three months ago? Mm-hmm. Four months ago? Yep. Yeah, four months ago. Is that how about this? Is that it doesn't even seem like the most bizarre move at this point anymore for the Giants. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, we were laughing at it like, oh, my gosh, you can't mess up this big twice. And then he did it again the next week and the next week. Their receiver, the funniest thing is, is he does not value um, the safety position or the wide receiver position. Those positions will never go addressed on your roster. And it looks like that for New York is, look, they can't, they don't have any wide receivers at this point. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Landon Collins thing, it's bizarre. I, Scott, the players who he cuts, they hate him. They hate him. Steve Smith, uh, who was our, I mean, he's a he's going to be a Hall of Famer, arguably, uh, he's the best offensive player that the Panthers have had until Cam Newton came around. He is a legend among Panthers. He cut him, and Steve Smith found about out about it on the radio. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Is that he is just um, is it, and so you hear a lot of players that don't like him, but then there's some uh, that he has some favorites. You know, he drugged Jonathan Stewart around with him. Uh, he obviously loves this guy Mike Remmers, who can you know who was terrible on the offensive line. Um, but Landon Collins won't even say his former team's name, right? Like he won't even (laughs) say that. And they were asking him on like, uh, at training camp, they came and did an interview and they said, what would you do or say if Dave Gettleman was on the sidelines in, uh, the preseason or regular season game? He said, Landon Collins didn't mention his name. He said, but I would ask one of my DB coaches to throw the ball on the side toward the sideline. And I would run over there and give him a little, uh, well, I mean, these guys <laughs> don't like him. Uh, and, uh, so I don't know, is this going to take a miracle? It, maybe he is the smartest dude, but more and more evidence has come out to say that he's not. So the takeaways today are Ryan Khalil's value is in his brains Sam Darnold should listen. Nobody else named Khalil should be allowed anywhere near the Jets. And right. Dave Gettleman is one stubborn SOB. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. There it is. Mark it all down. Put it on the tablet. Like not uh, like not on a tablet, like electronic tablet, but stone tablet. Those are true words right there. He is the co-host of the C3 Panthers podcast, and I'm really glad that he was able to take a few minutes and help us get to know Ryan Khalil. We're going to get a full film breakdown from Joe Blewett, as always, but I'm glad that Tony was able to chime in because obviously he watched every single snap that Khalil took since his entire career was with the Carolina Panthers. A lot of great insight. Tony, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hope we can do this again soon. In the meantime, why don't you let everybody know how they can listen to your podcast and follow you guys on social media. Yeah, check us out on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. The website is carolinacatchronicles.com. The podcast is live every Tuesday night on YouTube and Periscope. 
and then we syndicate it in uh, to audio format. So, look, we're the longest-running Panthers podcast. We might not be the best, but we don't stop talking about the Panthers. We do it each and every week, and uh, I can't wait to, uh, to hang out with you again, Scott. I always have a blast talking football with you. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. We got to do this again soon on Play Like a Jet on your podcast, the C3 Panthers podcast. And as we've talked about off the air a bunch of times, the next time you come to New York, hit me up and I promise you I will take you to some pizza places that will absolutely blow your mind. I can't wait. I can't wait. I promise you it's going to happen one day. Go ahead and follow Tony and the Cat Chronicles crew over on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. Make sure you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast every week. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets.com.